Good morning. How y'all doing today? Starting a new series today called I Am. This series of messages is going to last every Sunday until we get to, uh, to Easter and, and we're going to finish it off on Easter Sunday. And, and, and what, what, you, what I want you to understand is if, if you've never read the Bible much or even if you've kind of been hanging around church and reading the Bible on and off your whole life, the thing I want you to understand about the Scripture, about the Bible, is that Jesus is the central figure in the Bible. Jesus is not only the central figure in the Bible, He's the central figure in all of history and all of humanity. And, and when you read the Scripture, when Jesus was present at creation in Genesis, and Jesus has the last words to say of Revelation at the end of the Bible. And He is throughout the whole thing. In the Old Testament, the prophets and, and folks back then were looking forward to the coming of Jesus. They were prophesying about the coming of Jesus. Then when you get to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call those four books the Gospels, which means good news. They tell the story of the life of Jesus that he lived while he was on this earth. And then the rest of the New Testament, it's, it's guys who were starting the churches that Jesus told them to start, and they were interpreting the words of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. And, and you get to the Revelation book of Revelation where it talks about the fact that Jesus is going to come back one day and take his church home with him. So Jesus is the central figure from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. So if we are going to, to try to say that we want to follow Jesus and, and be, be Christians and be people of, of, of him, then we need to know who he is. And to know who he is, it makes sense to know what he said. Now, I don't know what kind of Bible that you have. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a Bible that, that has the words of Jesus in, in red. So every, everything else is in black. And then when you get to where Jesus is speaking, it's in red. And I like that because it just stands out on the page and I realize, oh, all of the Bible's great. All the Bible's good. All of it is God's word. But when I see the words of Jesus, I want to pay extra close attention even more than I normally do to what Jesus had to say. And then also, when, when we read the words of Jesus, I think there's some statements that even stand out among his teachings, and those are the ones that begin with the words, I am. There are lots of statements that Jesus made in the Bible where he would say, I am blank, I am this, I am that. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks. We're going to look at some of those statements that Jesus made where he said, who he was. Now, the great thing about those, those I am statements of Jesus is that I am is different than when Jesus said it, it's different than when we say it. Um, I don't know how many of you are like this, or maybe you've known someone like this. Sometimes we can make statements about ourselves, and we'll say, I am this, and that's not really who we are because we fooled ourselves into thinking we're something that we're not. Maybe you've known people like that. I, I've had conversations with folks and they'll be telling me, well, you know, I'm the kind of person that does this, that, and the other. And I know them and I want to say to them, no, you're not. When I was in college, I had two buddies of mine and they were roommates and, and uh, one of them was a guy, he was, he was loud and brash and talked big all the time. And, and, and you would tell him about a situation that happened and he would always say something like, man, you better be glad that didn't happen to me. I would have punched somebody in the face. And if that had happened to me, I'd have cussed somebody out. If that had happened to me, you know, he was all the time talking about what he would have done. And my buddy who was his roommate, I'll never forget, we were sitting there one day and he said, man, if that had happened to me, I'd have punched somebody in the face. My buddy said, no, you wouldn't have. He said, well, I would have, I would have said something to him. No, you wouldn't have. 
Because he knew. He was just all talk, right? That was just his thing. He, taught, he, he didn't really understand who he was. But when we read the I am statements of Jesus, Jesus knew exactly who he was, knew exactly why he was here on earth, and he would talk about that. And he would say things like, the Son of Man, that's what he was talking about himself, the Son of Man has come to earth to seek and to save those who are lost. So Jesus had an absolute understanding of him. So when we read his I am statements, we know that he's saying, if you want to understand me, and therefore understand God the Father, then listen when I say, I am. So I want to read you one of those statements today. It's in John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. It says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Those are, those are some very revealing words to us. When, when I was reading this, I started to think about my life and your life. And I, just was, I was thinking about sometimes the way it is in day-to-day life. I, I have to play a lot of different roles. And I'm not talking, some of y'all are like ready to eat because I said, I'm not talking about like brown and serve roll. I'm talking about roles, like different things that we have to do. Like for instance, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a husband, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, I'm an advice giver, I'm a friend, I'm a counselor, I'm a listener, I'm a landscaper, I'm a handyman, I'm an errand boy, I'm a teacher, I'm a student. I'm a financial counselor, I'm I'm financial manager, I'm all of those things at at some point in my life, I have to play all of those roles. And and you have a whole set of roles that you have to play. Some of them are the same that I have, and then you have other ones that I don't even have to worry about in my life, that you're having to play that role every single day. It's who you are. And and the thing is, sometimes when we when we start to think about all of the different responsibilities we have and, and all of the different expectations that we've placed on ourselves and that others have placed on us, sometimes we can get to the point to where we're almost just paralyzed, where, where we don't know what to do next, where, where we think that if we make the wrong decision, so many people are going to be dependent on that and it's going to be, it's going to be terrible and, and it, it can just get us to where... Pretty soon, we don't want to do anything except sit in front of the TV and watch Duck Dynasty or whatever it is that you happen to be watching right now. Downton Abbey, which I've never watched, but some people tell me they like that. Whatever it is. And you just want to watch hours and hours of that and zone out because real life gets to be too difficult. And so when Jesus says to us, I am the light of the world, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We have to understand that he spoke those words. He wanted those words to to come into our real world existence. This isn't just Sunday school talk or just theology, you know, a theology class talk. This This is real world. And see, the reason why that is, the reason why those words are so important for how we live every day is because of the nature of what light is. So when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We have to remember that, that one of the things that light does is light helps us see the path. Light helps us see the path. When you walk into a dark room, what is the first thing you do? 
You can talk out loud. What's the first thing you do? Turn on the lights. Why? Because you're afraid Leatherface is in the corner with a chainsaw, right? No. The reason why you do that is because you want to be able to see, to walk around. And so that's why you turn on the lights, the the first thing you, you do when you walk in. Well, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's talking about the fact that just as you turn on the light that, that helps you see into a room, he will be the light that will help you see the path that we're supposed to take in life. Now, I want you to imagine something, if you will. Imagine that, that, uh, that you're on a, a, in the woods by yourself. You've got a flashlight, and you're on a path you've never been on. And Leatherface is chasing you. With, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but you're on a path, and you've got this flashlight, all right? Now, that flashlight, it's good to have that, right? Why is it? Because it's lighting the path. The path is marked. You can see where people have walked. And so, but you've never been here before, so you're walking along. You've got your flashlight. Now, what happens, never been on this path before, what happens if you get to a fork? And you can either go right on the path or you can go left on the path. What are you going to do? Well, some of you are like, doggone it, I voted Republican in the last election. I'm going right. That's what you're, th- but no, think, what are you going to do? You don't know what to do, right? Because the flashlight you're holding doesn't help you know which direction to go. It's just lighting up the path. But look at what Jesus says about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this is extremely important for us to understand. Jesus is not a light we carry. He is the light we follow. He's not a light we carry. He is the light we follow. Here's the difference in that. If Jesus is just a light that we carry, then still we have to make the decision of where to go next, when to go there, how am I going to act in this situation? And then we just pull Jesus out of our pocket and just shine him on the situation and say, all right, I hope I can understand this. But if Jesus is a light we follow, when we get to a fork in the path, we don't have to figure out if, am I supposed to go left or right? We see him, we see the light, and we follow him. He's lighting the path, and he's also showing us the path. So he's, he's lighting it where we can see at our feet, and he's also showing us where we need to go into the future. And so it's, it's so important for us to understand that. And even the context of this, and what I mean by the context of, this is in John 8, chapter, uh, ver, chapter 8, verse 12, Where it sits in the book of John is important. Because in John chapter 7, what had happened was Jesus had been at this Jewish celebration. This was Jewish celebration was called the Feast of Tabernacles. Now what the Feast of Tabernacles is, is that back in in, in the times when the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt, when they they left Egypt and and came out, um, the scripture says that that they were, they were in the, the wilderness or the desert for 40 years. Now, during the time they were there, they, they obviously didn't have permanent housing that they lived in. So they would build these huts to live in. Some people called them tabernacles. And they would build these huts, and that's where they lived. And so every year, this is now the, the, the Jewish people have not been slaves of Egypt or, or wandering in the wilderness for, for many, many years now. Every year they would have this celebration and they would have the Feast of Tabernacles and people would build a hut like their ancestors had lived in in the wilderness and they would go out in their yard and they would live in that for a week. 
And so, <coughs> excuse me, they would live in that for a week. And every night there would be a celebration. They would offer a sacrifice in the evening. And, and it, what would happen was, is after the sacrifice, they would light these lanterns that would float up into the sky and they would, they would fill the sky with light. And people would dance and sing and have a big celebration. And they would do that every evening during the Feast of Tabernacles. And the reason they would, they would celebrate the light during the Feast of Tabernacles was because they were remembering that while they, their ancestors were wandering in the wilderness, wandering in the desert, God guided them by a pillar of fire. Now, when I was a kid, I thought that was pillow of fire, and I imagined like a pillow on a bed on fire. I thought that till I was like probably 17 years old, maybe. I don't know. But a pillar of fire was like column. So like we've got these white light columns back here, but it was way bigger than that. It was a, a column of fire that went from the ground all the way up to the sky, and, and they would follow that every night in the wilderness to know where to go. And it was God's way of, of telling the Israelites, saying, yeah, you're wandering in the, in the wilderness right now. You don't think you know what's going on, but I have not forgotten about you. I'm showing you where I want you to go, when I want you to go there. All you've got to do is follow the light. Just follow the light and I'll get you where you need to go and when I want you to be there. And so they would celebrate that every, every year at the Feast of Tabernacles. So Jesus had just been at the Feast of Tabernacles. People had been celebrating this. And what does he say right after that? He says, listen, I am the light of the world. Just like God guided you with a pillar of fire back when you were, back, back when your ancestors were in the wilderness, I will guide you now by being the light for you. And now you follow me. And just as God guided you directly into the promised land, I'm going to guide you through life all the way till you get to heaven. And, and that's, that's why he said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will walk in the light of life. Now, here's the problem with that. We're not real good at following, are we? I mean, some of y'all might be, but a lot of us, me included, you know, following is not... We're not real big on that, following directions, following somebody else. We don't like to do, we like to make our own way, do our own thing. That's kind of who we are. We're independent. I've, uh, I've read several books uh, about the, uh, the Appalachian Trail. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the Appalachian Trail. Our former governor made it famous a few years ago, um, but, but it, it is, even though what he was claiming to do was not really happening, but it is a real trail, all right? Mark Sanford didn't create it in his mind. It's a legitimate trail that, that runs from the state of Georgia all the way up to the state of Maine. It's over 2,000 miles long, and people will hike the whole thing. Most people start in Georgia and hike up to Maine, and it takes anywhere from four to six months to get it done, depending on how old you are, how fast you want to move, that kind of a thing. And, and the, the Appalachian Trail, everything I've read about it, it talks about the fact that, that just like any good trail, it's clearly marked. Now, now trails, I don't know if you've done any much hiking, but trails that are marked the right way, they, they have little squares of color painted on trees and rocks as you walk. These are called blazes. And so you, you look for the blaze, and so you're walking, and there, or there's a blaze on that tree, and you keep going, and then the, you keep on going, and then you see another one, and you know you're on the right trail. 
what I've read about the Appalachian Trail is that there are a lot of side trails off from the Appalachian Trail. Now, some of these side trails are, are, are ones that will take you to a, like a scenic overlook. You'll be in an area and you follow this little side trail and, and you'll be able to come out and see, you know, three states from a, from a mountain ridge or something like that. And, and so then you just turn around and get back on the trail. Some of them are side trails that will take you to a, a main road where you can try to get a ride into town and spend the night in a hotel instead of spending the night on the trail. And then some of them are side trails that just completely take you off the Appalachian Trail onto another trail. And if you get on that, you're, you're, you're no longer on the Appalachian Trail. And unless you backtrack, you're, you're, you're lost. And so it, what they talk about is that if, if you're going to hike the Appalachian Trail, you better be very aware of what the blazes say and if you're going the right way. And if you take a side trail, you better be sure that you get back in a hurry. Now, when, when I thought about that when I was thinking about Jesus has said to us, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness of life, but you'll have the light of life. We, we are, uh, we're bad about taking side trails. We're bad about, we're following Jesus, and, and, and he's shown us, when he talks about following him, he's, he's shown us how to, how to live by the way he lived and by, by what the Scripture teaches, and, and so we start to do that. But we're bad about thinking, I don't want to walk this trail anymore. I, I don't want to follow that path. I like the way this over here looks. And so we'll take that side trail. I, I know Jesus said that, that I'm supposed to, to forgive my enemies and I'm supposed to, to love everybody, but, but I want to take this side trail of bitterness and revenge because that looks like what I want right now. I know, I know Jesus said that we're supposed to flee from sexual immorality, but, but I want to take this side trail over here of of adultery and pornography. That, that looks like what I want to do for a while. I know Jesus said that, that we're supposed to live humbly and live within our means and give things away to people, but I want to, I want to take this side trail over here of, of spending more than I've got and buying every new shiny gadget that comes along and, and going into a lot of debt so I can have a lot of nice things and keep up with what my neighbors have. See, that's, we, we get off on side trails very, very easily. And, but Jesus has said, listen, I, I've shown you the light. I am the light of the world. I've shown you how to live. I've told you how to live. If you will follow me, you won't be in the darkness that comes from these side trails, but you'll be walking in the, the well-lit path that I've shown you. That's what I want for you. And see, when, when, we, when we get off on those side trails, and, and then when, when we start to really look at our lives compared to the life of Jesus, something else, we find out something else that light does. Light, light shows us the path, but light also does something else for us, and, and light reveals our faults. Light reveals our faults. Um, just recently, I painted a room in our house, and, um, and unlike probably most of you, I actually enjoy painting. Uh, I mean, it's not, don't call me to come do it like next week at your house. I don't enjoy it that much. But, uh, but I, I think what I like about it is, is you, when you get done, you're like, man, this looks a whole lot better, and I did that. And so I, I like that. Uh, but one of the things about painting that, that I'm not very good at, uh, I'm not good at, at taking putty or spackling and covering up holes and sanding it down. I've never figured out how to do that. And so we had this room I was painting, there were two Big holes in the in the wall from something we took down, and so I was spackling that stuff and 
sanding it and it kept kind of like bubbling up and I was putting more and more on it and trying to get it to look right and never. So finally, I just painted over it, right? That's what you do. And uh, not if you're a professional, but if you're like me, that's what you do. And I just painted over it. And so, uh, so when you go in that room, it looks really good in low light. You can't see those two spots at all in low light. But if you turn on the overhead light and pull up the blinds, then all of a sudden you can see these two spots on the wall. Because light reveals that. You can see the faults on that wall in the light. It's the same way in our lives. See, when, when the light of Jesus shines into it, and really shines into it, then all of a sudden it becomes clear of how far we fall short compared to Him. The, the faults in our life come shining out. We can think we're doing pretty good. Especially if we compare ourselves to everybody else. We really think we're doing good. It's like uh, uh, I, I exercise. Um, when I don't exercise at home, uh, I, I exercise at a place where uh, it's a church that I exercise at. And, um, and I go there. At the time of the day that I go, I usually go in the afternoons. And when I go in the afternoons, Everybody else there is like average age of 65, and then there's me. I'm not in amazing shape, but I walk in, and I'm looking around like, doggone, I look pretty good, right? You know, I'm going in, picking up weights, you know, standing in front of the mirror, I'm feeling awesome, all swole up, and I'm looking around. There's some old lady over here, she can only pick up like 10 pounds, and I'm curling like 45, trying to be awesome. And and when I start looking around like that, I think, man, I'm... Peak physical condition. Just look at this. It is, it is hard work looking this good. You know, you start thinking that, looking in the mirror. And then, and then about that time, you know, it'll be about the time maybe school is letting out and some high school kid will come in who plays on some football team around here. And he'll walk in there, lay down on the bench press, and he's got on one of those Under Armour shirts. And, and you can see, you know, I've got more of like a keg and he's got like a six-pack. You can see it rippling underneath there. And I'm like... When I see that, all of a sudden I realize, oh yeah, i got a long, long way to go. When, when we're walking through life, we can compare ourselves to how we're living to somebody we work with, our next door neighbor, somebody in our own family, and we can start to pat ourselves on the back and think, man, I'm, I'm a whole lot more godly than they are. But then when the light of Jesus shines on us, when we go from the low light into the bright light of Jesus, then all of a sudden our faults show up and we see how far we have yet to go. See, one of the things that, that all of us have in common, all of us are very unique and different and we're all an individual person, but, but one thing that we all have in common is we've all, we've all sinned. We've all done stuff we're not supposed to do. The Scripture says that. But not only does the Scripture have to tell us that, you know that. You know you've done things you're not supposed to do. I know that. We've all sinned. The other thing we have in common is that we all want to cover up our sin. We don't want anybody to know that. The last thing we want, if I stood up here and said, hey, we got these two big screens, and we're going to start running videos by alpha, you know, alphabetical order of your sins, and it's going to be the last five sins you committed, we've got video of it, and people are going to be able to watch it. Man, this place would clear out faster than if I let loose a box of rattlesnakes in the back. Y'all would be out of here right then if that was going to happen because we don't want people to know that stuff. 
I don't want people to know that. I don't want to stand up here and say, hey, two weeks ago I did this. We, don't want, to, we, we want to cover that stuff up. But the reality is, is, is that stuff can't stay covered. In fact, Jesus talked about it in Luke 12, uh, verses 2 and 3. He said this, There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. Man, that, is, that can be scary to think about. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. We can't cover that stuff up. But here's the good news about it. Is that sin can't stay a secret, but it's never been a secret from Jesus anyway. And Jesus has said, I love you so much that I came to die for that sin. I love you so much that that, that sin that you're trying to keep a secret, I was nailed to a cross so that you didn't have to carry it around with you anymore. You don't have to walk in darkness. You can walk in the light. It's what he promised us. In order to do that, we have to accept that, that when he said, I am the light of the world, we have to accept that that's true. We have to accept that, that what happened on the cross is real. We have to accept that he didn't stay dead, that he came back from life, came back to life out of the grave. We have to accept all of that. So as we think about, as we, as we go through life and we, we think about, okay, what, is, what does this mean for me? I am, I am the light of the world. That for some of you today, some of you that are already followers of Jesus, you need to be encouraged today to stay on the path, to, to not go down the side path. If you're on that side path, to get off of it and get back on the path that Jesus has lit up for you. Some of you need to be for, to, uh, encouraged to, to forgive instead of holding on to bitterness. Some of you need to be encouraged to get out of that sexually immoral lifestyle that you're leaving and allow Jesus to purify you. Some of you need to be encouraged to, to quit trying to buy everything you see and begin to live humbly, whatever it might be encouraged to stay on the path because here's the great thing about this in Matthew 5 14 in the Sermon on the Mount you know what Jesus said then Jesus said then you are the light of the world so he said at one point I am the light of the world and then he looked at his followers and he said you are the light of the world the great thing is is that he wants us to be involved in his work he's the light of the world he's lit the path for us and now he's called us to also be the light and to, to go out and to, and to show the path for other people. He wants to include us in that. And so, so what I would ask you today, if you're already a follower of Jesus, this would be the thing I would want to ask you and, and that you would, you would think about this week and write this down on your notes and put it in, your, put it in your, uh, your car on your dashboard or put it on your refrigerator or your bathroom mirror. And this is the question. What can you do to shine the light of Jesus in your world? What can you do to shine the light of Jesus in your world? Where you work, what can you do to shine the light of Jesus where you work? In your neighborhood, what can you do to shine the light of Jesus in your neighborhood? Where you go to school, what can you do to shine the light of Jesus where you go to school? Wherever it is that you're going every week, Jesus has said, I'm the light of the world. I want to light the path for you. And now you are the light of the world. What are you going to do to shine the light of Jesus? See, when we start to live like that, then all of a sudden, all those roles that we have to live out and all the, the fear we have in that and all the worry we have in that, but we begin to focus on somebody else and not us. Man, that is such a good way to live. I am so much happier when I'm thinking about what I can do for someone else instead of how poor and bad off I am. I'm so much happier when it's like that. 
And that's not an accident. That's the way Jesus designed it. He wants us to be focusing on what we can do for someone else. Now, there's others of you here today that, that, that you need to deal with Jesus for the first time. Now, here's what I want you to understand. I said at the beginning, Jesus is the central figure in the Bible. He's the central figure in history. All of us as human beings are going to have to deal with Jesus. If you have not already done that, you are going to have to deal with Jesus. And so when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will walk in the light of life. If you have not accepted him, you're walking in darkness. You're walking around in a room bumping into furniture because you haven't flipped on the light switch yet. And Jesus said, I want to be the light for you. I want to show you the path, but you've got to accept him. So this is what I want us to do. We're going we're gonna to be finished here in just a second. And I'm going to pray. And as I pray, uh, if, if, you, if you know that you need to, uh, to accept Jesus, you need to have that light in your life and it, it's not there, then I want you, as I'm praying, to, to be asking him, you know, Jesus, come into my life, save me, change me, forgive me of my sins. And then when we're done, I want you to come and I want you to tell me that. I'll be down here at the front talking to people. Just come down and interrupt me. Tell me what's going on. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, ask yourself this question as you go out of here today. What can I do this week to shine the light of Jesus in my world? Let's pray. Father God, you are a good, holy God, and you've shown us so clearly how we're supposed to live. You've shown us that in your scripture. So often we get distracted. We get on the wrong path. And help us, help me, help our leaders of our church, help everybody here to stay on the path that you've lit and to follow the light. I pray today for those here who need to deal with you for the first time, Lord. Maybe they're here and, and they think they've already done that, but you know different. You know that, that they have not given their whole life to you, that they've been holding back. And I pray, Father, that you would break all of our hearts today so that we would follow you and not our own path. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.